0: It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, TGI. Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and this week, Christmas is in full swing, complete with a special guest on this episode, where we have on Tom from Tis the Podcast. It was such a pleasure to have Tom on, and while we did go off the rails at points, with this uh episode it did involve a really fun conversation i hope you like it now onto the, the show my eyes are getting weary my back is getting tight i'm sitting here in traffic on the queensburg bridge tonight but i don't care because all i want to do is catch my check and drive right home to you. This week we are back covering one of my favorite shows of all time with the King and Queens, and I'm happy to have a very special guest on today, Tom Crow from tiz the Podcast. Tom, how's it going today?
1: It's great. I thought you were going to announce somebody else when you said they were special, but I'm glad to be here.
0: <laughs> well, he he has been on Anthony from your podcast has been on a couple of times, so now you have to get caught up uh, to Anthony's prowess here. But but he he was on a Boy Meets World episode, which he pretty much begged me to do that episode for months. So I had to, I had to cave in and let him be in on that one.
1: I think he's trying to keep up with with Jerry and CJ at this point.
0: Well, I think everybody is. Yeah. Now nah, I'm good. <laughs> but today the episode we're covering, it is titled Net Profits, premiered on December 13th of 1999. It was the 12th episode of that season. So before we get into the heart of this episode and everything, Tom, I want to ask, what's your overall history with King of Queens, the series? I have seen every
1: episode multiple times. It's just one of those shows that Christina and I used to um, pop in the DVD player and watch. We loved it. It's, you know, you don't have to be greatly invested in an episode. You can just pick up and start off basically anywhere in any, you know, in any season, any episode, and you're right there in the middle of, you know, the humor, uh, you feel connected with the characters at all times, and uh, I just overall like the arc. I like the characters themselves, even when they're awful, i.e., Leah Romini ninety-seven percent of the time. Um, <laughs> you still just love her, right? You you love how terrible she can be. Um, so yeah, we watched this early on in our marriage, pretty pretty religiously, um, back when we didn't have uh, when we didn't have cable because it seemed to be on TV. You remember back in the day, it was like the reruns were on TV all, all the time. time
0: all the time it was like you'd flip on tbs it was on always Mm -hmm. like it's kind of the same as now with friends i feel like friends is always on it's on naked night it's on tbs all the time that's what i felt like with this show and i'm my history is very much the same as yours it's one i've seen every episode multiple times i if i'm flipping through the channels now I probably stop to at least see what episode it is. Yep. I know I know it's on TV Land at night. I know that it's on uh, CMT during certain parts of the day, so I might flip over to it and watch it. But it's this is one of my like ultimate comfort shows because when the pandemic first started, I hadn't really watched the show that much in like a couple of years, and then I noticed it was on like all the time, and I just started watching it religiously again and it was so fun to like get back into it see all these characters make me laugh but it's it's just it's it's pure comfort for me it's something I'd love something I could put on in the background something I could sit down and watch it's it's just it's it's great just veg out type of tv and like you said I like that you could pick it up whenever there's no like real (laughs) storyline to this Mm -hmm. show it's just kind of every episode is kind of on its own island there's a few here and there that are connected but for the most part uh they're all just kind of their own little thing and that's what I like about it and with this particular episode I love that it's super straightforward we only see the three main characters we only have Kevin James who plays Doug Leah Remedy playing Carrie Jerry Stiller playing Arthur like we don't see Spencer we don't see Deacon we don't have Richie from the early seasons none of them it's just these three characters they knew what their bread and butter was and they leaned in pretty heavy to it. And
1: these three characters, well, plus Patton Oswalt, um, are kind of what made the show too. I know Jerry Stiller wasn't originally cast as Carrie's dad. I can't imagine the show without him because mm-hmm. I probably, I don't think I can name anything that Jerry Stiller did, even when he was in stuff that I didn't enjoy. Like I didn't love Seinfeld, but I loved his character. Um, Kevin James again. He does some pretty terrible movies, but he still finds a way to make me laugh. Leah Remini was part of my childhood. Was Saved by the Bell. Watching her, you know, as this with with this with this redemptive eventual redemptive character arc on that show, and then um, Patton Oswalt's one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter and one of my favorite comedians to watch. Well, I love Kevin James's stand up too. Like they're they're just
0: they're so good. They're they're both just so funny and so down down to earth relatable they don't lean into like and don't get me wrong i love a good vulgar joke but like most of their comedy isn't really centered around that which i enjoy as well like i was so bummed i wanted to go kevin james was performing around here a few weeks ago you know unfortunately we had our things planned and he was supposed to be here the year before like the week the world shut down and we were supposed to we were going to go see him and I was so bummed out. So it's still like a bucket list for me to go see Kevin James do stand up because I just I find his humor just very funny. And that obviously bleeds into a lot of these episodes, too. It does.
1: And with his humor and just like in these episodes, he doesn't lead into, you know, he doesn't take any of the the lower hanging fruit, like, you know, the uh, sex jokes, the, you know, um. Uh, racist joke any anything like that any of the offensive stuff he stays clear to clear of but still can be so stinking funny Mm -hmm. Um, and he doesn't have to yell at me cuss words like (laughs) some of my other comedians I really like a lot yeah yeah
0: yeah and I mean that's what uh, and I think it's funny because this is in that arc of time where shows were trying to find the comedian and then base it around them obviously Jerry Seinfeld we had Ray Romano. Everybody who, loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah, who Kevin James was on a few episodes of his show too. So it, it's cool that they found the, like, I mean, it's clear that they found like bread and butter type comedians <laughs> and leaned heavily into them. And all three of them had very successful shows, but. They tried other
1: ones too. Like, do you remember Rodney, Rodney Carrington? Yes, show?
0: yes, yes. That one didn't land at all. Well, and then um, years later they tried Bill Ingvall. He had a show. Nope. Um, well, Jim Gaffigan, he had one, which I liked, yeah. I did but too. I think it only lasted a season, maybe two. Um,
1: according to Jim did
0: well, Jim yes. Belushi show, mm-hmm.
1: which I don't know if you know this, he is a big pot grower now. I don't know if we can talk about that on your
0: podcast. No, you can. Yeah. Yeah. He, I saw, he, he had like a show on A&E or something about it.
1: He has partnered with a, uh, chocolatier slash pot company here in Tulsa. And we see him here all the time now. I mean, like. <laughs> uh he is very involved in the tulsa marijuana scene now and uh <laughs> the blues brothers came and he did a tour and went and tested all the best that tulsa had to offer all, <laughs> routes, all across town living the good life there you gotta yeah, props. Yeah. but he's got some pretty some some uh some chocolate edibles now uh, apparently that are made right here in tulsa
0: look at the hey you gotta buy homegrown <laughs> <laughs> shop local right but <laughs> in, this, in this episode, well, I'll give a, a little synopsis for this particular episode. It's pretty straightforward. It's Christmas time. Doug and Carrie, uh, they, come ac- they, they come into some money that Doug gets from work, and they decide they're going to invest in some stock, but they soon feel the joys and stresses that come with investing in stock. And then with a the little side plot here, we have Arthur who wants to decorate the house with more Christmas items to try and one up the neighbors across the street, which is such an Arthur plot line. And Mm -hmm. it's perfect. So the the episode itself, it opens up. Carrie's decorating the tree. Doug comes downstairs in the living room with a very gaudy, very tight reindeer sweater. Carrie seems completely appalled with the idea of him wearing it. And she says it frightens her. And we find Doug's like, I know the rules. I know I'm only allowed to wear it at home. And if somebody comes over, I have to go upstairs and change. (laughs) And he eventually finds an old candy cane on the sweater, which he does debate eating before we go into the show's opening theme. But I have to ask, do you think Doug here kind of started the ugly sweater trend? Because for myself, I'm thinking when, when to you, Do do you remember that becoming like so synonymous with Christmas time?
1: I got my first, I I take offense to the term ugly Christmas sweater (laughs) because most of them are quite beautiful works of art, but I got my first one in high school at a thrift shop from, it was probably from the seventies or eighties. And I wore it ironically as, you know, we were wont to do back in the day. Uh, But I also loved it. So I don't know when they started, um, but if I look back, I see a lot of like friends, didn't friends have an, somebody wear an ugly sweater on friends. And mm-hmm. I think it was around that time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cause it's funny. Now you, there are obviously sweaters you can buy and you walk into most stores, Walmart, target places like that. They'll have their own version of it, but you see cookie cutters, you see cookies, you see, ornaments you see like everything with it now it's just funny to me that like this seems so ahead of the curve to me in this type of episode that came out in 1999 where now i i feel like people would sort of roll their eyes at it if it came up now like oh look what he's doing he's just wearing an ugly christmas sweater but like this one i do think he's like not being ironic that he's actually not I love this sweater. This thing is awesome. It was from the 11th grade, too. All
1: these years that he's carried with him through life.
0: I love it. I love it. So when we get back to the episode, Arthur, he is in full-blown Arthur mode. He's very frustrated because the Rinaldi's across the street are showing him up with their Christmas decorations. And he's going off on not wanting to look like lesser people. He was just—he was just comparing the size of the reef on the front door. It wasn't even that they had
1: done any actual decorating,
0: yet, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was already in full-blown Jerry Stiller, Arthur going off the rails, uh, sort of mentality in this moment. Now, are you? Because mm-hmm. obviously, you—you you host a Christmas podcast. Are you the type that you want your? display at your own home to be the biggest and best in the neighborhood or are you like i know what i got i know what my strong points are and like this is what we do i don't like
1: it to be competitive at all i just want to have fun Mm -hmm. like that's me like decorating for christmas isn't a competition it's whatever makes me happy and if somebody else has nice lights that i can enjoy that's even better
0: Mm -hmm. i agree with that i like that mentality because i do think like in some You see some neighborhoods, and it's like one house has 30 blow molds in their yard, and the house across the street has 50 blow ups. Like, it's like they're trying to outdo each other. Where I'm with you, like, I just like having it up. It makes me feel good. It makes me happy. Like, last night, I flipped on the outdoor lights for the first time. I looked down the street Mm -hmm. one way, I looked down the street the other way. I'm like, I'm the only person with my lights on and I don't care. Like <laughs> I love seeing, I love seeing, I love pulling up to the house and seeing, I'm like, just put me in a good mood.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but I will say this blow molds, Trump blow ups every day, hey, every day of the year.
0: Amen. This is like a discussion my fiance and I have been having lately about which Blow mold. So like to the point where we're like, do we put blow molds on our wedding registry? Because there are, <laughs> there are some that we really want. Uh, and I love them so much. Like one day she was like, I was up at like six o'clock this morning and I was just looking at blow molds because I couldn't fall back asleep. And I was like, this is why I love you because this is something we both connect on. We're both like, yes, we want as many blow molds as humanly possible.
1: That's awesome. Christine has been collecting blow molds. She was the one that started the blow mold thing in our house. And I'm not complaining. We've got, we just got a new Santa. We got a new snowman. We got a couple new nutcrackers. Um, We're getting, we're getting pretty
0: serious with the blow molds. I was going to say, I kind of want to have that as like the title of this episode. I'm getting pretty serious. We're getting pretty serious with the blow molds. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I mean, how do they not make you happy? I mean, they, they, they transcend time, right? And they they feel so much like my own childhood too, because we used to have like a tabletop Santa that was, mm -hmm. I don't know, 12 inches tall, probably. And it just, I loved that thing. And like the other day I was having this discussion with my mom. I'm like, you still have that, right? She's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, well, if you find it when you're bringing out all your stuff, like, will you give it to me? She's like, well, I hope we still have it. I'm like, you better still have it. I'm gonna be really mad if she doesn't.
1: It's funny, the stuff that our parent that isn't as isn't important to our parents, right? We had mm-hmm. a, something similar. Christine was at her mom's and her mom had a box of donations. And there were these beautiful hand carved wooden trivets that she was getting rid of that were from Christine's grandmother, I think. And she's like, yeah, we just don't use those. And Christine's like, well, I, of course, I want them. These are these are from my childhood, right? Like we we form this weird attachment to things mm-hmm. that our parents don't understand, Um and I just think it's because they're not cool enough. But that's
0: just me. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's probably true.
1: <laughs> so, no <laughs> offense, Matt,
0: Mrs. Yurick. I'm sorry for <laughs>
1: insulting you.
0: <laughs> she won't listen. It's okay. <laughs> so, in this, in the episode, back to the episode. Doug, he comes in, and we get a very sitcom-y trope here. Doug looks very downtrodden and upset. And Carrie seems very concerned and he's like, yeah, today I got called into the boss's office and he, uh, he and Carrie's like, he what? He what? And Doug pulls a check out from his pocket and he's like, I got a $3,000 Christmas bonus. And I love, he's so proud of himself. He's like, you see what I did there? I made you think one thing and I actually meant the other. And (laughs) Carrie in this moment, she's like, you know, what should we do with this money? And this is where. We have my favorite line from this episode. Doug very proudly stands up and he says, Now stay with me here. Double D breast implants. And Carrie, she pauses for a second and she says, Why? The ones you have now are so cute and perky. (laughs) (laughs) And I love. I lo- so the, the joke and the, the uh, punchline and everything is just so perfect in this, but I also love, I watched it back a couple of times and you can notice that Kevin James is fighting back, cracking up in this in this scene because he just, the delivery from Leah Remedy is just so perfect. And like, I love that stuff in shows. I love when you can catch that little moment of like somebody laughing or almost breaking character. And and that joke in this one, just to me, that just seems like such a Doug and Carrie moment to me. Mm -hmm. Like that's their humor, a hundred percent through and through in this type of show.
1: And I like how right after that he calls out what she did. Why, you know, basically explains her joke just like he did with his. You know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) For some reason, that 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 just cracked me up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But of course, the very conservative Doug he just wants to put the money in the bank. He just wants to, cause she's like, what should we do with it? Like, you know, I don't know. Just put it in the bank. And Carrie's like, Hey, I think it'd be a good idea to invest some of this money in internet stocks. And she says a bunch of people at work, they're getting stupid rich off of it. And one of the partners there has tripled his money by investing in something called shamani which just such a, that is such a like internet Early internet boom, like name. Like, I love shamani. Like, it's just so it makes no sense, but it makes like perfect sense for something like this. Now, uh, Tom, you are a few years older than me. So in '99, I only would have been 13. Like having no idea what like was that a time in which people were trying to invest in, like, was internet stocks like a big thing then? I mean,
1: that was before, I, that was before the 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 internet bubble collapsed Mm -hmm. um which was what what year was that the dot-com bubble Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh no this is after i don't know this was after the dot-com bubble no that's the start date yeah dot-com bubble started back in 95 and ended in 2001 internet you know everybody's throwing money into the internet Mm -hmm. um so yeah that would have been pretty pretty true to form right yeah and you had all of these weird internet companies coming out with weird names, um, you know, unlike today where you have a bunch of internet companies coming out with weird names and going for angel investors <laughs> and VCs.
0: Yeah. It just, you know, new year, different names. Like it's kind Pretty of the same, same concepts here, but so SNL care-
1: just did a skit, just did a skit on that.
0: Oh, did they the last?
1: Two weeks, yeah, where they just went through all the names of the companies we <laughs> lost, and they all sound, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, completely. I couldn't made tell up. which ones were. Re- I couldn't <laughs> tell which ones were real and which ones weren't.
0: Yeah, uh, which, which I mean, is so very true with any sort of like internet business or property at this point. But so, anyways, Carrie, she admits she has no idea what the company does, but it's making money. Doug, as I said, he's kind of like a conservative person in the fact that he he's always going to kind of stick to his guns and stick to what he knows. So he's not sold on this idea of putting uh, some money up towards investing in the stock. He still he just wants to put it in the bank. But then to break up this this part, Arthur comes running in. He has a ginormous wreath that he stole from the house from the neighbor's house. And Carrie just yells. She's like, put it back. And he turns back. We jump to the next scene. This is another scene in this episode that I love. And it's the next morning, Doug, he's waking up. And I love that they realistically show a person getting up in the morning. It's not this like perfectly manicured looking person and their hair is perfect and all this. Doug gets up. He leans over the edge of the bed. He's scratching himself. And you see him kind of stretch a little. Then he just lets out this big old belch (laughs) and he groans a bit. And he starts making his way to the bathroom. Carrie stops him. She's in her little office with a very tiny computer, laptop computer. And she explains that Shamani is a company that offers advanced digital business to business, e-commerce network solutions, which to me sounds like a lot of word salad. But, Tom, I know you're a little more in the tech world. Uh, does that mean anything to you?
1: No. <laughs> yes. They're probably there. Uh, no. It's not, I mean, it's just, it's just
0: buzzword bingo, right? Yes, exactly. That's immediately what I thought. Cause I, I first, I heard it and then I went back through it and I wrote it down. I'm like, maybe if I read it, you know mean? Any sort of anything. And then when I read it, I was like, that just sounds like just a bunch of buzzwords, as you said, all thrown in together. So Doug, he's unimpressed. He's still really skeptical about this idea. Uh, Carrie, she keeps pressuring him that they need to, uh, you know, they should invest their money, take a risk for once. And she points out that they could finally settle themselves financially. And I love Doug's like, can we go to Busch Gardens? <laughs> and she's like, we can go to Bush Gardens anytime. And he's like, can we go to Bush Gardens today? <laughs> and She's like, no, she's like, we need to figure this out. So she eventually wears Doug down. They can, he concedes and he's like, all right, we're going to invest in Chamonix. So this next scene is another great one another one that just makes me laugh it's the next scene carrie she's starting to get she gets a little frisky with doug it's he's home from work he comes upstairs and he has no idea why she's acting like this he's completely perplexed he's like why what's going on like what happened uh and he he's like i can't believe you'd want to get freaky before dinner and he even suggests that she may have been drinking in this moment which I always find that those, like, it's such an easy trope for these shows to lean into. Like, oh my God, the wife actually wants to be intimate with her husband. You know, like, I, I've never really understood why that has to be such, like, a, like, a, like, a, I can't believe it type moment. You know, like, it seems like a lot of shows really lean into that sort of humor for whatever reason.
1: Let's revisit this conversation in seven years. <laughs>
0: I, I will mark it down on my camera. I used. To, I remember saying things like that before,
1: <laughs> early in my marriage as well.
0: <laughs> well, I, we will we will get back to this discussion in the future. That'll be a future episode of this podcast where Tom and I talk. Or I'm like, you're so right. We're, we're just going to call live.
1: that episode "Sad Matt." Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh boy. Don't I think we get should my... maybe
1: I think we should maybe do that one uh, and cover Charlie Brown and you can just have the I got a rock voice through the whole thing.
0: I got a rock
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, now I'm crying., oh, that was good. So now in in the episode, this is where we find out that after their initial investment, the stock has doubled. And Doug is just over the moon. He's he's going crazy. Can't believe it. He looks at the stock report and Carrie says she wishes to have the cash right there so they could have sex all over the money. <laughs> and I love what Doug's like, well, can we just do the stock reports? And she's like, I think it has to be cash. It's <laughs> gross. Gross. Yeah. I, I, the paper Germs. feels Germs. Like, yes, especially now, but always money has always <laughs> been Gross. Oh, wait. money's dirty yes that's why like
1: every every hundred dollar bill has blow on it is that what you know what they say
0: yeah something like that that's probably why i don't really use cash like ever anymore um there you go yeah <laughs> we jump to the next day and carrie gets doug worried after she's been looking at the stock report online and she tells doug the, the stock is now down uh they bought it at six it's dropped down to four doug's a mess which honestly this would probably be me in this situation even though i've fully understand that there's ebbs and flows with any sort of investment but Doug's just like he wants out he wants out and carries like it's normal it's not a big deal and she explains that they need to hold on to the stock because good things will come and then she has the line that I love and she's like look we are long-term investors we're in on the stock for three to four weeks <laughs> like I love their their ideas here are just like let's Let's see how quickly we can, you know, if that was their idea, like when they doubled their money, they should have just bailed out. Then that would have made the most sense, but they got a little greedy. They did. Uh,
1: Do you have any stories like this from your life where you had a missed opportunity or overplayed or underplayed something?
0: You know what? Not nothing that sticks out. So I guess it's nothing that has ever been like real major. So how about, how about yourself?
1: Oh yeah. I, uh, I had some friends try to convince me when I left one of my jobs back in 2011, 2012 to take some of my retirement that I had saved and buy Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of. Why would anybody buy something that has no tie to actual value? Um, and the other day, just for the heck of it, I went back and looked at when we had, you know, when, when that was. And um, today I would be worth, you know, a few hundred million dollars had I done it.
0: Oh, <laughs> but that, it that's your, just, that's your, uh, that's your, I got a rock moment. That's, that's your, that is, <laughs>
1: but it, you know, I mean, I had lived through the tech bubble. We had just gotten out of the great recession. Um, yeah, I just wasn't terribly comfortable. So
0: uh, anyway, I understand that. I, that's what I
1: keep telling myself all the time. At least.
0: Hey, whatever helps to sleep at night, right? <laughs> now, now in the next scene, we've got Doug. He's struggling to get sleep because he's up all night just thinking about it. Because
1: they, they bought it six and they're down to four now.
0: Yes, correct.
1: So they've lost, I mean, 33% of their investment at this mm-hmm. point.
0: Mm-hmm. In, in a couple of days. So the next morning, he's trying to figure out how he could view the stock online for Carrie. She's like, you're going to drive yourself crazy by looking at it constantly And what I love is in this moment, Doug is very, very much struggling to figure out how to find this on the Internet. And he says he's stuck in solitaire. And what I love about it is in current times, you just have that on your phone. Like you literally can just pull up your home screen and you can have all of your stocks on there and you can watch them like that. So I love in still in 1999, we weren't so reliant on that form of technology yet where it was still like an adventure to start your your computer wasn't on so you had to turn your computer on you had to get your dial-up internet going you had to in my case make sure my sister wasn't also using the phone so i wouldn't get yelled at uh, or something like that but i love the pomp and circumstance that goes into him looking up the stock in what ends up being like a couple minutes scene where in modern day he would literally just in the middle of the night pull out his phone look and be like oh boy and put it back in his pocket (laughs) so the
1: or he would call one of his adult children and ask them how to do it because (laughs) yes uh, these things have not changed as much as we'd like to believe they have like I still get phone calls from mother and from my mother and my grandmother asking me how to do random things on the internet, like you know, take a screenshot, and I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah, well, and like one of my favorite things is with something like that, if one of my parents ask me a question like that, I'm like, Did you Google it? Like Google it and Google the first result is probably gonna give you the answer you need for anything you really want. like that's my mom will always be like, well, I wanted to make such and such. Do you have a good recipe? I'm like, just look it up. Like, well, how do you know it's good? I'm like, you don't, but just make it. I'm sure it's fine. Like (laughs) all of those options are there for you now, but it is still sort of that struggle uh, to to teach an old dog a new trick. Your mom calls you to ask you for a recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's usually a text when half the words are spelled wrong, but... (laughs) With no pun- <laughs> <laughs> and no punctuation. <laughs> and
1: if by chance this is the episode you listen to, I am
0: so sorry. <laughs> this is your act. I'll get a very stern but poorly worded text in response uh to this episode. <laughs> but back back in this episode, yes, Doug he he finally convinces Carrie to let him look at it. He sees that once again the stock has dropped. It's now down to three, so they've lost half their money at this point. She's trying to calm him down. Doug's just like, "I don't want to be a part of this." He's freaking out. He's dry heaving. Uh, he is not having a good time with this. Carrie's like, "Look, they're just waiting to get their. The company's just waiting for the technology to get its approval." Uh, Harry at work. He's not selling. And Doug's like, Harry's a millionaire. He buys and sells people for sport. He'd kill you (laughs) as soon as look at you. (laughs) And I love that line. It's just, it's such a great Doug line. But he begs, he finally convinces Carrie and he begs her to let them sell. They get out of it. Doug's like, all right. He finally feels a little bit calm. And the next day, because Doug's a glutton for punishment in this moment, he looks up the stock finds out that it went way back up. And again, this goes back to, if you know anything about stocks or anything about investing, things are going to change on a daily basis. It's just the way it is. Market shift. it That's life. And Doug clearly was not prepared to watch his own investment uh, go up and down. And if you're going to do that,
1: you have to look at it like a gambler, right? Like you mm-hmm. have to be in today trade. Exactly. Um, and that is not who I am because I don't like gambling. I don't like like, sl- like Vegas slot machine casinos. Not my, not my thing at all. I just get mm. stressed, but uh, I tried day trading back when Robinhood came out and it was only like 250 bucks, but I'd get up to 300. Yes. Sell everything. And then, you know, try to something else and I'd lose 10 bucks and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone.
0: <laughs> and like, I always go into it with the mindset, if I'm gambling or anything like like it's more than, in my mind, I look at it as lost money. So that's if I how make, Christine does it too. And so if I make any sort of money back on it, I feel good about it. But if I lose it all, it's, I've already made this this decision that this is the money I'm spending on my own entertainment. And, and like, it's such a poor way to look at it. When, it, when the words came out of my mouth, I'm like, wow, that doesn't sound that great. Uh, but that's the way I kind of approach it, that it's lost. And if I get it back, that's great. And if not. It is what it is.
1: I, I can't get myself to that point. Like I, I know if I go to a movie, right. I've got an hour and a half of entertainment. I buy my soda, buy my drinks and that's all money. I just threw away. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could take the same money and go to the casino and pay penny slots for five hours. But if I leave without that money, Oh man, I lost it. Mm-hmm. And I know that's bad logic. I know it doesn't make sense. I know there's like a premium on entertainment,
0: but I still just leave, leave, being sad, Tom. Yeah, it 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 does feel it does feel wasteful. I mean, there have been very very few times in my life where I've left a casino with money. So like, I certainly know where I walk out. I'm like, why did I say that I will that I'll spend X amount? It should have been half of that. Blah blah blah. Whatever. You know, ever all of us I think have those regrets when we do any sort of gambling.
1: Uh, my wife has unbelievable luck, and so does her she? mother. her Her mother has won a minivan a truck a prius a house a boat well she won a lot of that in one foul swoop uh and went at a casino in a drawing and when they looked up like you there was a there were you you got into this pool and you got to go pull out a key and turn a lock and if the lock turned you got a couple cars a boat 10 grand and a house and uh she was the first one that they drew. She put it in. And when they, they looked back, they said, you spent a total of $33 at the
0: casino. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I love that. that is awesome. That is but in awesome. college
1: in college. There are a couple of casinos here and they would do like $10 guys night, $10 ladies night. So we would always go get our free money, play the minimum. We had to and go buy dinner because mm. I got married in college and we were poor.
0: hey you got to do what you got to do you definitely got to do what you got to do
1: i enjoyed that more than selling plasma that's all i can say
0: hey i i'd be right (laughs) there with you no (laughs) there's no way i could do it no way i could do it but so in the episode we come back we have a commercial break and this is where we finally get another reminder that this is a christmas episode kind of gets lost here in the middle bits of this episode throughout all the stock talk And Arthur is setting up his own nativity scene in the living room with quite the ragtag group of of statues. He has a baby Jesus that is essentially bigger than Mary and Joseph. He also has a giant wooden Indian uh, that was very reminiscent of the scar store Indian that Kramer has in an episode of Seinfeld. And I loved when Carrie asks him and says, well, what's up with this guy? And he says, You don't know that he wasn't there. (laughs) So, Tom, I'm going to turn the
1: very offensive depiction of an indigenous person. Right. It's not like,
0: yes, it's which is it's it's Arthur. So, of course, he loves it. Right. Of course. Of course. So I'm going to turn to you, Tom. You are the resident expert here when it comes to any sort of nativity scene. What would you think of if you were you know, turning down a street and you saw this set up outside of someone's house. I would take pictures and
1: share it everywhere and absolutely crack up at it. Um, <laughs> but I do feel very confident saying there were no indigenous people from the Americas at the nativity.
0: <laughs> that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> now,
1: if you're a Latter-day Saint, you do believe that Jesus interacted with these people, but it would have been about 33 years after the, after the, uh, Nativity.
0: you know, arthur was just catering to as many people as he could at this moment he, he was he was he was just he was being arthur <laughs> he was he was trying to be inclusive
1: makes, later in the episode
0: blew my mind
1: i'm not yeah. gonna lie but we'll get to that
0: <laughs> now we're back this is where we're getting to the moment now where doug he's kind of regretful of what's happened he's found out that the shamani stock has gone up 200 because the company's technology has gotten its approval And Doug, he's feeling like Carrie is basically hates him for making them sell. And he's like, you're thinking that Chunky made a sell. And she finally admits, she's like, I'm upset that we sold. And she wants them to get back on with their lives, move on. We're over it. We're done. We're not going to do this anymore. But now Doug's the one who wants to buy back in. And he believes the stock's going to go sky high and that it's a gut feeling (laughs) And then he looks down at his stomach and he says, this thing never lies, (laughs) which I love just a great little Kevin James sort of moment there. So she finally, she agrees. She's like, we're in, we're going to buy back. uh, But we are not going to touch it for a week, no matter what happens with the stock for a
1: whole week for a whole week. Yes.
0: They are long-term investors. Tom. Uh, And what follows is my favorite. One of my favorite, uh, scenes in all of king of queens is this scene it's very simple doug is in his truck and we have a little graphic in the corner and it shows the stock and when the stock is on the rise doug is cheery and he's singing to himself he's being very polite to those who are crossing in traffic but when it's on the decline he is yelling and he's screaming i love the one where he's like you have wheels on your chair use them and <laughs> And he's just completely, completely upset. And you can see now stock has dropped off uh, so much between the beginning of where they reinvested and where they are now. And this is where we get another good Christmassy scene, Christmassy feels, um, which honestly, I felt this episode was lacking a lot of, uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. And, Doug and Carrie, they're sitting on the couch. They've got a blanket on. Trees lit up behind them. They're watching A Christmas Carol. And Doug is very much annoyed by Carrie. She's mouthing mm-hmm. along to the words. And he's he's telling her that it bothers him because you can see it in his, quote, peripheral vision. Peripheral
1: which, vision. <laughs>
0: which is just funny. And she's like, it's peripheral. He's like, what did I say? She's like, you said peripheral. And he's like, no, I didn't. And... So they kind of get into it a little bit there, Doug, he pulls up on the blanket and Carrie yells at him for how much his feet smell. Another great Doug line. And he says, it's not my feet. It's my socks, (laughs) which I, (laughs) which I have said that line a time or two before, because I do, I just think it's so funny. So they're just going at it and they're arguing about the stock and all of this. And then Arthur runs in and he wants them both to come outside and Arthur tells him he sold all the other stuff he had and he purchased a brand new nativity scene. And you think it's setting up for a sweet moment here. And they're both kind of like, Oh, okay. Like almost a split like second. a very Me split too. second. It's, it's the, it's the, Oh, they're going to have their to, to steal from your podcast, a Linus moment that they realize what Christmas is all about
1: Feel free to steal that. We stole it from Tim.
0: <laughs> well, there we go. I've brought it up numerous times before, so why not? Uh, yeah, <laughs> We get the slight little pause and then Doug once again brings up the stock and they're arguing some more. And this is where we do get another sweet little moment from Arthur. And this is one of these things that, again, we're like, oh, this is where we're getting it. This is where we're getting our moment. And he tells this sweet little story about how when he and Carrie's mother, uh, they spent their first Christmas together in a place that had no heat, no electricity, a leaky roof, but we loved it. And just when you think the reason why he loved it is because they had each other, because Carrie's like, oh, because you had each other. Arthur's like, no, because we had vodka. (laughs) And then he says, they all need to go inside and have some shots. He scurries off. Doug and Carrie, they both apologize to each other, and they decide they should sell the stock and get out of it completely. They hug, they embrace. And again, we think this is our moment. They've realized that they th- this is doing nothing for them. But then Doug says, you know, it can't really go any lower. And the two begin debate once again if they should buy stock back all while the camera pans in closer and closer to the baby Jesus. And we close out the episode before we do get a quick little bumper before the final credits. And we learn that Chamonix is strapped to massively low levels. And we see Carrie downing a shot of vodka to round out this episode. So what were you, how did you feel with that ending of how they approached the ending of this episode?
1: You know, it was funny. It really was. Cause we get that we, they're back to being, you know, she's finding joy the same way her dad and mom did. I, what I really liked about this episode was the way they showed the, the, the stock fluctuation and it dropping by Doug driving in the, mm-hmm. in the truck mm-hmm. where you see Doug, you know, I mean, that was just hilarious when it's, when it's high, Doug's nice to everybody. And then he's angry in traffic when it's, you know, <laughs> when he, when he's being slighted, it was just the whole episode was just so good.
0: It is. And so that wraps up Net Profits from season two of The King of Queens. And Tom, on this podcast, we like to determine if an episode should be deemed a holiday classic. And with that, we give it a you got it, dude. Or if we don't think it is, we give it a no way, Jose. So no Tom, way, Jose. I'm with you. I'm with you, too. It's sad I'm, as it is. I know. My response is ac- actually surprised me because I went into this, even though I've seen this episode tons of times and when i think of king of queens christmas episodes this is like the one i think of like i don't know why i always think of doug in the delivery truck and the stock symbol and all that and for whatever reason it sticks with me but it just the beginning's christmasy the endings Christmassy looking but the middle kind of cancels all of that out.
1: It is. It is. They miss out on so much. And I feel like even even in the house, when they're talking in the kitchen, there's which is where a lot of this happens is them in the a lot of this is, is focused on them in the kitchen. There's nothing Christmassy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have had some Christmas music and Christmas background, and I think I would have changed. But um, yeah, I just gotta say it's not Christmassy. It didn't give me the Christmas Christmas feels. Yeah, it's some of their other ones do later on.
0: Mm. Well, and I did. So last year in my first season, I did their first Christmas episode. I can't remember what uh, what that episode was called. Yes. And that one, I love that one. It's very funny. It's got, I mean, it's just like a classic type of uh, King and Queens episode. I love the better camera episode where Doug Mm -hmm. buys Carrie the camera and then she gets a better one from her boss at work. And hilarity ensues like that one's good the mentalo case one uh that one's funny so there are a lot better like the one where he gets trapped in the back of the truck yes yeah that one's good
1: Which- that one's a good Christmas one. Well, I don't know. Maybe I would have thought this one was too. I was going to say that one's a good Christmas one. And a lot of it takes place in the back of an IPS truck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it is hard. Like, I think in our memories, we think some of these are a lot better than they are. And then we go through, I mean, you know, with a lot of stuff you've yeah. covered, uh, different. we have like this nostalgia built into certain things. And this was one of those episodes that I thought for sure, this is flying colors. It's going to be a you got a dude. And it, it wasn't, which was kind of disappointing but it's still it's a great episode i love this episode it's very good but it's not one that i'm going to flip on and be like i'm going to get all the all the christmas feels from it like there's a lot other even like like we said with just this this show alone there's a lot other better Mm -hmm. episodes overall uh but tom before we close out the podcast i i do want to ask you about tis the podcast where people can find you and all that good stuff
1: uh yeah we're a podcast that's determined to keep the christmas spirit alive 365 days a year we drop at least one episode a week and uh, you can find us at tis wherever you get your podcasts i think we're on all of the things and uh, we've got a fun group where you can come hang out with us and matt and other christmas podcast hosts at uh, facebook.com slash group slash
0: tis the podcast it's a lot of fun it is it's it's a blast i mean we've had it's been fun i've been on your guys's podcast a couple times we did a very merry christmas uh which was which was not good we did the boy meets world episodes which were awesome which were Uh, very good those were very good i was on a couple patreon episodes with anthony as well like i said anthony's been on this podcast happy to have you on as well um again thank you so much for being on um it's i feel like it's been a long time coming to get more people on here like i got into a groove last year where i was like so caught up with other things i was like i'm just gonna record this one on my own and get it done and over with this year i've been fully embracing bringing more people on it's been fun like i said i had anthony had jerry had to have jerry on uh obviously uh and and glad to have you hope to have julia someday or the whole gang sometime and and find some find some more stuff to cover so uh for those of you uh to our listeners if you haven't already Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, And if you do, let me know. I'll send you a free TGI podcast sticker. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for TGI podcast. And that wraps up this episode. We'll be back again next week covering another Christmas favorite. Tom, thanks again for being on. Thanks to all of you for listening. And I'll talk to you all very soon. Thanks, Matt.
1: We're the elves from TISTA Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And TISTA Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank,
0: review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows.
1: Sometimes we agree. Sometimes it's a verbal brawl. But each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us.
0: The TGI podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. You can find me on Twitter at Matt yurick, And be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.